Hi, everyone. How are you? Happy Thursday. Welcome to AW Weekly, where we are going to be talking all about this week's AW Dynamite. And it was a really great show. I mean, coming off Grand Slam, that was such a big show. This is more of a run-of-the-mill, like, regular Dynamite, but it was still really, really good. And we got a huge title change. So I can't wait to talk about that, though I know that one person in the chat, Miro J., is not happy at all. Sorry, Miro J. Sorry. But you know what? All good things have to come to an end at some point. And Miro's title, Miro's title reign was amazing. And the time I think was just right to end it. But I am sad for you, Miro J. I am sad for you, but we'll get into that. Um, Redmond Survivor, is your hair blonder than usual? It is blonder than usual because I touched it up. Um, this afternoon and anyone that's ever bleached their hair before and I'm guessing probably no one in the chat has because <laughs> it's mostly guys it goes wider the first day so um, I've got that first first day full full white uh, white hair going on but I'm in my CM Punk t-shirt can you see it um it's I think it's I would rather have had the ringer one, but they weren't available in the UK stores. So this is the best I could get. I quite like it. I feel like I should have saved it for a bigger occasion to make its debut, but I just put it on tonight. What are you going to do? Um, let's see who who of my lovely friends I have here in the chat. Um, I have John Jeffries, who's talking about the radiance. We're going to get into that. Hello to Darren. Um, hello to McCasps. I see you. And... Uh, Miro J, of course, Redmond Survivor, Wasabi King. Yes. Well, it's been a great week. It's been a pretty, pretty busy week for me. I was just on earlier tonight, Wrestling Daily with Alex, of course. Wrestling Daily is now about 20 to 30 minute um, show. So, you know, it, we don't get to cover as much as we used to when it comes to AW, but you guys know that you can head over here Um like later in the night and we'll fully talk about AEW because we ain't got no time limit over on Stephanie Chase Wrestling. But if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. I've had quite a great bump in subscribers this past week, probably thanks to Chris Jericho. So um, the interview that I just uploaded with him last week. And if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. So hello to anyone that's watching for the first time. I really, really appreciate it. And if you want to support this channel, the best way to do so is to become a member where you can use some custom emotes, which I um, put in the chat there. Uh, there's like a hot take one with which is a fan there's one of me there's one that says rock and roll because we're rock and roll over here and there's just an aw one because we love aw over in this channel so that's a great way to help out and if you have anything you're desperate to say tonight you can also help out by sending a super chat and don't forget that aw weekly is also now available in podcast form go to your podcast provider search aw weekly with stephanie chase you will find it there uh overcast stitcher apple whatever follow me on twitter at stephanie m chase and follow me on instagram at stephanie m chase that is enough of the plugs oh i'm so jealous of labor days who got the i was there version cool shot cool uh cool shirt <laughs> um I'm very jealous. Redmond Survivor's talking about Roads to the Top. I've seen Roads to the Top. If you want to talk, if you want me to talk about Roads to the Top um, after this, after we run through Dynamite, let me know in the chat because I have had no one but my mom who hasn't seen it to talk about Roads to the Top too. So I'm up for talking about that. McCasps, Steph, you need to talk to TK about a tour of the UK. Europe needs to be AW's continent, not that promotion to the north. I know, WWE reportedly I'm going to run Principality Stadium in Cardiff for maybe SummerSlam to have a big UK show. I mean, I would love Tony Khan to get over here and do his Craven Cottage show before WWE give us a stadium show. I really, really would. Um, I've never been to Principality Stadium in Cardiff. All I know about it is it's where the Manic Street Preachers had their um, gig on Millennium Eve 1999. It's one of my favorite live concerts ever 
performed. Um, I had that on DVD and absolutely wore it out. So, yeah, that's all I know about Cardiff. WWE apparently going to Cardiff. I would love Tony to beat them there. Um, hello to Ilovi. I really hope I said that right. If I didn't say that right, please let me know. First time viewer, hello. I hope you enjoy the show. Let me know everything you thought about Dynamite. Let's first talk about these ratings. Dynamite, 1.152 million viewers on TNT. That was down 9.95% from last week's Grand Slam. The lowest viewership since September 1st. It did top the cable charts, the 0.5. 4.5 rating in the 1849 demo, down 6.3% from last week. Um, I think that it's a pretty good rating. It's not like it's not the best rating, obviously. They are down, but for just a but for a dynamite that was just promoted with a TNT title match and Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, it's a good rating. And what we are more looking at is like steadily high ratings which AW are getting. They're passing that million mark. As Redmond Survivor says, sixth week in a row, number one on cable. They're doing really, really well. Um, so I'm happy with the rating. Of course, I want them to one day reach like astronomical rating heights and completely you know, beat WWE, Raw, and all that kind of stuff. But we will get there one day. We will, because the momentum behind AW right now is really, really high. And the only way is up. Um, yeah, as McCaff said, it's consistently over a million. And I don't think there's much more you can ask for. We're coming up to, in on October 2nd, it's going to be the two-year anniversary of Dynamite. Can you believe that Dynamite's only been going for two years? What I might do, if you guys be, will be interested, is make um, a little video where I just quickly tell you my top five Dynamite moments from the past two years. Um, and I just reminisce a little bit. But Dynamite is such a big part of our lives. It's just crazy to me that it's only been going for two years and then so much of that was during a pandemic in front of no fans so the momentum that the AEW has right now is incredible the train is keeping going and yeah I'm I'm happy happy with that rating of course every time it's down people are going to slay it but we don't listen to them let's get into dynamite Dynamite was live from Rochester, New York. Rochester, of course, is the home of Mr. Brody Lee, and it's where he was originally meant to make his debut, but then the pandemic happened, and he ended up debuting as the Exalted One in Daly's Place. Um, so this show was in memory of him. There was a in memory of Brody Lee, John Huber graphic at the beginning of the show. Uh, that was really nice, of course, to pay tribute to Brody Lee in his hometown. We had a few members of his family there, um, and it was just lovely. So many signs in the crowd for Brody as well. And his um, memory and his legacy are going to last forever in, in AEW. And it's nice to see how much they recognize and acknowledge him. He's always in, in the hearts of the AEW fans. We had CM Punk as the show's guest commentator. Yes, CM Punk. Been doing quite a bit of commentary since arriving in AEW. He was there the whole show. I thought he's bound to get taken out at some point. No, he was there the whole show. Oh, you may see that I'm now drinking Diet Coke with a metal straw. <laughs> I hope. I don't annoy any of you by constantly sucking on a straw throughout this throughout this live broadcast. But, you know, I can't get through a show without having a drink, especially Diet Coke. I thought CM Punk overall did a really good job in commentary. I felt that he sometimes felt like someone who wasn't given the script. Now, that's not me saying that the commentators are scripted. They're not. But some of this stuff he said, I just thought, like he's he's adding in a lot of his own stuff labor day says punk was incredible on commentary so many little logic connections punk made it was a master class yeah i absolutely see that i thought he was really really good um i, I think he really added like so much of him, his own like flair to it 
that it was just refreshing, like something different to hear. But yeah, it feels like if everyone else was like following kind of one path of notes, it was like CM Punk hadn't been given the notes and he was just saying like whatever he saw, like calling out whatever he saw. Um, and I thought it was, he was really good. He was very entertaining to listen to. So we started, <laughs> sorry, I have to point out McCaff saying Punk fears hook. We know Punk does fear hook. Um, Adam Cole, Jungle Boy. Adam Cole is 100% the most over guy in this company. Uh, he gets the best reception when he comes out. It is so incredible to think that this guy was wrestling in NXT just a couple months ago, and he somehow escaped NXT and WWE without like losing any, any star power or any of his aura. I think he was definitely the guy that was treated best in, in NXT from his kind of class of the usual people. Um, and it really, really shows. So this started off with them wrestling early, a lot of back and forth stuff. No one really took an advantage here, though Jungle Boy ended up getting the first big move with a shoulder tackle to take down Adam Cole. Um, then later on, we saw Cole hit a super kick, sending Jungle Boy to the floor. And then he he seemed like he was looking for a Panama Sunrise to the floor, but then he went for a dive instead. Um, uh, but Jungle Boy, sorry, went for a dive instead. Cole cut him off with a drop kick. Uh, Jungle Boy hit a really good Hurricane Rana over the top rope, sending Cole to the floor. And then when Cole got back in, he hit another super kick on Jungle Boy and then Panama Mass Sunrise, but only for a near fall. And then he took off his knee pad and went for the last shot, but Jungle Boy avoided it and he got on the snare trap. But he had to reapply his grip and Cole used that to mule kick Jungle Boy low with the referee not looking. Then Cole hit the running knee for the win. This was a really, really good match. Adam Cole is not just totally over with the crowd, but he's really, really good in the ring as well. And he's the perfect person, I think, for Jungle Boy to be working with um, because Jungle Boy is great, but he still needs to improve. And Adam Cole's just like, a, he's been wrestling, I think, a lot longer than, than people think because he did so much in the indies before NXT. And he's a really great guy to guide Jungle Boy. And he took him to a great match here. Um, Darren says, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, best match of the night. I loved it. Redmond Survivor says, Cole and Jungle Boy had great chem chemistry. John says, I liked the story they told with Jungle Boy being a bit naive and Cole willing to do whatever it takes to get the win. Yeah, I think that it's a really good point on the character of Jungle Boy because the character of Jungle Boy is like very pure, um, honest, like hardworking guy. And Adam Cole is, of course, the heel and he will do whatever it takes to win. But Jungle Boy hasn't quite like he hasn't got that like killer instinct in him. And I do think that's something they're going to develop with Jungle Boy's character. Months ago, months ago, I had a theory that one that one day and this this is it's going to be shocking when it happens but i think this is going to happen one day jungle boy is going to get a haircut and that's going to turn like that's going to turn on his kind of killer instinct side and like that's what it's going to need to take to like make him progress from jungle boy to jungle man I can see them doing that one day. It has to be a really good storyline. I don't mean something like silly, like a Matt Hardy hair versus hair match, but I think that it was, what feud was it that Jungle Boy was in? I can't remember. The, I think it was during his Kenny Omega feud when there was just so much talk about his hair. I remember even one week Jericho was on commentary talking about his hair. And I just think that this hair is one day going to play in to the transformation of Jungle Boy to Jungle Man. Labor Day says, but that hair is beautiful. It is beautiful. And that's what's going to make it even sadder when he loses it. And um, we, we will never forget the day we were there when Jungle Boy got his hair cut. Um, let's move on to the next, well, no, the next segment, sorry. Um, the Elite came out and then we went to a break. And it was Carl Anderson on the mic. We haven't seen Carl Anderson in about two weeks, I think. Um, he talked up the elite saying 
to be elite, you need to be AW world champion, the greatest tag team of all time, um, or impact champions. Uh, Cole said that he called a shot beating Jungle Boy by himself. He's undefeated. Brandon Cutler tried to say something, but he was cut off by Nick Jackson, who gave the mic to Nakazawa. There were CM Punk chants. CM Punk said he had a Lloyds of London insurance policy, so he would not be getting physical um, tonight. Then Omega talked about all the positive responses he'd got for his match with Brian Danielson, but Brian Danielson could not get the job done. Then Daniel Bryan music um, played, and it seemed to have lyrics in it, which I hadn't noticed before, but yeah. Um, he asked the fans if they wanted to see a rematch between him and Omega. Of course they do. Danielson said that Omega doesn't have balls. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Kenny No Balls Omega. Omega was very angry, of course. I'm sure he does have balls. Uh, then Brian <laughs> challenged any member of the elite for a match at Rampage. Omega said, how about now? Danielson seemed up for that, but he wasn't coming alone. We got Frankie, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage all coming up for his backup. And then the elite escaped. Um, I like the elite, like each talking. I would have given Adam Cole more mic time because I do think he's the strongest talker in the elite. Like I really do. I think he's a much better promo than Kenny because he can kind of keep it more uh, of a serious heel. Um, I Brian's Brian's comments. I didn't like the no balls thing. I have to say, look. It was too juvenile for me. Redmond said, Danielson's promo here was very WWE, but it got over with the crowd. I agree. It was very, very, very WWE, <laughs> but the crowd did respond. So I can't have that big a problem with it. I just personally would not have said that Kenny had no balls. But I also, if I was Kenny Omega, wouldn't have called Daniel Bryan short because he did that earlier. Um <laughs> Yeah. Labor Day says it's crazy that Anderson used to be the mic guy for Bullet Club and he hardly cuts promos these days. Um Shane Stevens um at Redmond Survivor over the WWE comment. Um Brian Danielson knows how to talk at least 70,000 fans into a building. He does indeed. Um Labor Day says I thought the segment was overstuffed. A lot happened with a lot of guys and no one really got to stand out except Brian. Um, Redmond Survivor, Jericho singing singing uh, dipshit the other week and the crowd ended up and that was cheesy too. I like I would give the Jericho singing dipshit thing more of a pass just because I think it's like it's more adult than saying someone has no balls, okay? <laughs> I mean, I have no balls and I fear nothing. So having no balls doesn't necessarily make you a coward just saying <laughs> um but to skip ahead we have had a, a match announced between brian danielson and nick jackson on rampage that is so going to be really good um elo v if i'm saying your name wrong please let me know um nick jackson versus phoenix one of my favorite matches really excited for jackson versus danielson yeah um yeah I think this is going to be a really, 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 really good match. Um, I think that Nick Jackson is actually extremely good as singles competitor. If the Young Bucks would ever split up, he's the one I'd put my money on. And I just think that, um, I think that it's a very exciting match for Brian Danielson because you don't want to give away all his big singles matches uh, so early, but this is good. This is like a sneaky kind of dream match because obviously Nick is one of the young bucks. So you don't really get him doing singles matches so often, but this is like a very good way to give us a potentially great Brian Danielson match without giving away one of the big like singles competitors, like Omega again, say, or like punk or like Adam Cole or like Moxley. Um, hello to Powered for TV. He says, "Hey, great show, Seth. Loving all the content. Hashtag AEW. Hashtag AEW for life. <laughs> it's LOV. Said quickly, LOV, LOV. Thank you. <laughs> yes, if you're if you're new, like absolutely tell me if I pronounce your name wrong. Oh, and as Vikas said, no spoilers in the chat, please. For Rampage, yes, indeed." 
please no spoilers uh we always keep this show spoiler free and then on saturdays we talk about rampage now the lucha bros were backstage and Andrade el idolo walked up and he congratulated them on their championships before asking where pack was um andrade's assistant pointed out that they hadn't defended the triple a tag titles in a long time phoenix said they'd defend them anytime anywhere who knows what's going to happen with that? Who could um, Andrade be bringing in as a tag team partner, potentially? Maybe Roosh? Maybe? No, he's uh, very close with Roosh, um, and that would not surprise me at all. Next, we had Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson with Brandy Rhodes and Arn Anderson defeating Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Now, this was a very, very interesting match as far as the whole Cody, is he a heel, is he a fierce crowd reaction storyline goes. Um, so we got real big hints that there's discontent between Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson right from the very start. Now we saw some of that last week. Cody um, was, Arn was very angry at Cody when he went to check on him. So Arn wanted Johnson to start, but Cody started because he's Cody. And we start off with Cody and Dante um, wrestling before they tagged in their, their partners. But as we got to the end, Matt Seidel took out Lee Johnson. Then Dante came in with a missile drop kick on Cody for two. Then he followed up with a double springboard moonsault for two. But then Lee Johnson was like, I am getting in now. He forcefully tagged himself in. Um, and he hit Matt Seidel on the jaw. And then Dante rolled up Johnson for a good near fall, but Johnson came back in with a shoulder breaker for the win. Now we get to the main part of this, the promo from Arn Anderson that everyone is talking about. <laughs> so Tony Schiavone came to interview Cody and Johnson and Aaron. The fans were booing Cody. Cody said that he knows the audience waited for a long time for this show, so why doesn't Malachi Black come out right now? Aaron was like, stop talking, Cody. On July, He said, on July 2nd, Malachi Black came into our lives, and he has systematically destroyed all of them. He said that he used it to get to Cody. He asked, why did Cody take his boot off? What's that all about? We didn't talk about that. He told Cody he should have finished the fight against Black, not worried about him at ringside. He said that Black is an assassin and will do anything to destroy anyone he's in the ring with. Um, Aaron said he would step in and take the fight, but he's too damn old. Then he told a story about if <laughs> that if he was being carjacked, Cody would end up succumbing to the carjacker, whereas Aaron would pull a Glock, which I find out was a gun, um, and shoot the carjacker, basically. I'm Arn Anderson and all that implies I'll be damned if I'm going to coach a loser. And then he was like, come with me, Lee Johnson, because at least you listened to me. And they left Cody alone in the ring. This is bizarre and wonderful. All anyone was talking about after this was Arn Anderson shooting people, which apparently happens um redmond says i'm finally interested in cody again now that they're finally playing into the heel stuff and aren't talking about pulling out a glock hilarious labor days Aaron's promo was so good it overshadowed everything the enforcer does not mess around this was definitely the best promo i've heard from Aaron anderson in absolute years definitely um since he's been in aw McCasp, Arden thought Arn was savage. He thought it was 1986 that Dusty Rhodes was in the ring. What a promo. AA was uh, double A was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Survivor says Anderson's got a gun. <laughs> Arn's got a gun. Arn's got a gun. <laughs> uh, that that is a take on Aerosmith Jenny's got a gun. Um, John Jeffries, what's going on with Cody? Matt just seems to add more credence to reports that Cody is on the outside of the other EVPs. Yeah, that's something we talked about on Wrestling Daily. The report from Cassidy Hines of Bodyslam.net about the situation with the EVPs. Um <laughs> <laughs> Shane Stephen says, I prefer to think Arn met Glockenspiel. Look, I am the only person in the world that had never heard the term Glock before. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about guns. I obviously get that he meant um, a gun because of the hand gesture, but I had never, ever heard that. 
Double A stands for Armed Anderson, uh, indeed. But Shane likes his wrestling wholesome. Me too. I just, I, I just don't know where this is going because it is so hard to tell if Cody is for real about his whole "I'm never going to turn heel" thing. Now, if he's not for real about this, then this could be the start of a heel turn where, like, the next time we see him, he could be, like, very overly harsh to Arn and to uh, Lee Johnson. Or this could be Cody's idea of getting people back on his side by having him be abandoned by his coach and um, his fellow, like someone that he's taken under his wing. So it's really hard to know like what Cody's actual thinking behind this angle is. But I think that Cody, he really does need to change something because the whole Cody verse thing isn't working. Um, it's especially now that the fans aren't behind him. And I think Lee Johnson's just a good example of this because I feel like when... They brought Lee Johnson in initially and he had that tag match with Cody on Dynamite. It looked like he was being positioned for really big things. And then he, if you remember in his, after he got the pin, he didn't thank QT Marshall. And then it was all like, oh, are they going to be doing um, a storyline, like a teacher versus student storyline between QT and Lee Johnson. But then we ended up getting that, like a storyline instead between Cody and QT but then it ended up being Cody and Anthony and Gogo and I think that this is all um become like very convoluted and some of the younger guys like especially Lee Johnson kind of got lost in the shuffle of everything that's going wrong going on with Cody because of the association with the Nightmare uh, family like you remember when Dustin was getting beaten up and Lee Johnson ran out and people were like Lee Johnson like why and I think that if Lee Johnson had kept the momentum from when he initially came in if he'd been given that storyline with QT properly then maybe people would care a lot more about Lee Johnson by this point which I think was um um the, the like the initial point of what they were doing with him um John says, I mean, he has been dressing as Homelander. Surely he's leading into this. He was asked by Robbie Barstool this week about the Homelander thing. And he said, like, no, I'm not dressing like Homelander. But people like to think that. I have just started watching Homelander. And I'm on season two. Um, and I'm not going to make any comment about, <laughs> about Cody and Homelander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Homelander is a very strange person to pick uh, as the, the person to kind of base yourself on, uh, whether you're a heel or a face. Um, Mikhail said, this is going to be the swift kick in the ass that Cody needs. He's going to want double A to teach him the ways of the horseman and boom, heel turn and FTR comes on board. Wow. Shane says, face heel is only a matter of perspective. Cody doesn't need ball shots and brass knuckles to become a heel. If he just keeps smiling, he'll be the anti-dream. <laughs> now, let's move on after Gangster R in there to John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen with Sting. This was a lot more wholesome. They defeated Burr Count country and anthony green uh great entrance here sting got to the barrier and instead of jumping over it he was like i am the icon sting i am a legend i have paid my dues i'm a wonderful wonderful man i don't need to jump over over that barrier i'm gonna move it and that's what he did and i respect him for that i respect you sting and I love you. Um, the Babyface team attacked before the bell. Um, Alan immediately rolled up green um, before taking him down uh, with a deep arm drag. Kingston hit the kitchen sink. Moxie and Boulder tagged in. Boulder shrugged off some shoulder tackles and a slap. He caught a cross body and planted Moxie with a power slam. Bronson landed a running senton for two. Kingston took cut off a double team from Bear Country and, and then he hit Bronson with a German suplex. Moxie did the same to Boulder. Green tagged himself in as Allen took out Bear Country with a coffin drop. Moxie and Kingston shrugged off a springboard crossbody from Green and hit the violent crime for the win. And then after the match, they were like, hey, Sting, why don't you just hit a scorpion death drop on Anthony Green? And Sting was like, 
Yes, because I have some energy left because I didn't jump over that silly barrier. So I'm absolutely going to hit a Scorpio death drop just to put an exclamation mark on things here because I'm effing sting. Bitch, I'm sting. Um, this was just really fun, like short match. Uh, I love any time we have this combination where I see Eddie Kingston and Sting on my screen together. Um, I absolutely adore it. So this was a lot of fun. Um, nice to see Anthony Green getting a shot here, even though he was um totally destroyed. Uh, Redmond Survivor said Sting was like F that barricade, of course. Um, <laughs> hello to Rachel who says, I'm watching Steph Chase live. I always miss live and watch you after. Powered for just shared and I jumped on at last. I'm normally working. Hello, Rachel. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for watching live. I hope you enjoyed the show and give us some thoughts on Dynamite. Um, Labor Day's green looked like The Rock and I did a double take. Um, McCast said, I like Bear Country or as Ethan Page calls them, Baby Bear. Oh, that's really sweet. Uh, but yes, good match. Bit random for Sting to just do his move on someone after the match but it's sting he could do no wrong i was down i was down um then of course matt hardy was here with the whole hardy family office he said that a year and a half ago he's supposed to make his debut in rochester that was deleted because rochester is an awful town and doesn't deserve a legend like hardy in, they were interrupted by Orange Cassidy's music, and he and the Dark Order made their entrances. Negative uh, one post with the Dark Order on uh, the on the apron. We had so this was Orange Cassidy and Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Alan Angels, Ten, and Colt Cabana, and they defeated the Hardy Family Office, which is basically everyone in the roster that's not important. Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Zach Cassidy, Butcher, Blade, and Helico, Jack Evans, and Jorah Joel, who, which I've probably said wrong. The Dark Order, total dissension from the start. Um, they were like disagreeing. Angels unmasked himself. He argued with Uno. And that got them a double team for Butcher and the Blade. And then Private Party hit an assistant Bulldog Flapjack for two orange tagged in he put his hands in his pockets and took down both members of private party with a drop kick then it just broke into absolute chaos reynolds got a hot tag after the break him and uno tentatively worked together to take out a helico but then they just were like no we're not friends orange tagged in and hit a top rope splash for two uno just walked out on his team the match broke down again and then we saw negative one amanda huber uh, brody lee's wife ty conte and anna jade they walked out to just talk some sense into these silly men silly men um and told them to get back in the ring. Um, negative one tossed papers in Uno's face. They ran back. And then everyone in the Dark Order landed dives, followed by 10 hitting a spear through the ropes to the floor. Silver brought out like a whole ridiculous sequence of offense, taking out everyone. Um, Orange took out Matt Hardy with the orange punch. Silver and Reynolds hit their combo offense. And Uno and Grayson hit Vitality for the win. And then afterwards, we got... So, um, a nice celebration with negative one. Um, this was really, really good. It was just a fun match. It was a great tribute to Brody. I really hope like this is the end of the Dark Order dissension storyline because I love the Dark Order and I love them being friends so much. And if anyone was to bring them together, it should be Amanda and negative one. It was a really great way to do it. I never wanted them to bring anyone else you know, out or add anyone else to the roster at this point. It was just great to see um, Brody's family, like, get that moment, be the ones to just reunite the Dark Order and put them on the same page as they should be. Um, let me see what you guys thought of this. <laughs> Darren says, can they release the Matt Hardy office? There's just too much TV time given to the Hardy family office. Um, we talk about this in this show every week. So even I'm giving too much time to the Hardy family office. Um, oh, McCasp thinks that private party about to split and join Leo Rush. And I'm all for it. Hardy family office about to crumble and Matt Hardy's about to be broken. I like all of that until the broken bit. I don't want to see broken Matt Hardy again. I really, really, really don't. Um, 
Labor Day says, I'm putting an interest in Hardy Family Office overall. Their segments are not good. I think Matt himself is floundering. Yes, I don't think their segments are good either. Um, I think there's just too much of them on TV. Shane says, wholesome RIP Brody. It was very wonderful. Very, very wholesome. Uh, as mentioned there um, in a comment by... McCasp, we had a, a Leo Rush promo. Um, he has some kind of weird money stock market gimmick. He is all elite. He obviously he did um, debut for AW and then he announced his retirement due to injury, but now it looks like he's back. He's officially all elite and he's doing some weird money gimmick. He's doing some weird stocks. I don't know. He's watched the big short gimmick. Uh, interesting. I mean, if it led to the end of the Hardy family office, I think I'd be I'd be happy. Um, hello to Mickey Styles One. I like the members of the Hardy family office, but not all of them together. They are all over the place. Yes, I like the the members, especially um, Private Party, but I just don't like them being trapped in this gimmick. Um, but yeah, the Leo Rush thing was just weird. I mean, it's great to see him back. He's an amazing addition to the roster. So I, when I say this was weird, I'm not commenting on, on him as a wrestler. It's great. It's just the, the gimmick is really, really odd at first. Like if you were to just uh, have tuned in, maybe you're not, maybe you're a new viewer. You had no idea this guy was a wrestler. You would have thought that was a weird advert that had just come on your TV. The cast said Gordon Gecko. Uh, John said, is it an actual rich um, gimmick or a scam thing? It could be a scam. Redmond Survivor says, uh, give me Leo Rush versus Dante Martin. That would be excellent. Um, Imagine him with private party as his enforcers, says Abinab. That would be very, very good. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what he, he does in his next appearance. We'll see what he does in the ring. But strange promo video. They spent some coin on it. I can say that. But not really sure what this gimmick is. Um, not really sure if we, if we need more financial gimmicks in wrestling. I mean, if he... Dude, if you're, if you're that rich, you don't have to wrestle, I guess. <laughs> so next we had FTR and Tully cutting a promo. Dak said they are revitalized, rejuvenated, and refocused. That's bad news for the rest of the division. Top guys out. Then we had Dan Lambert in the ring. Hello to Dan Lambert. And he was with the man of the year. Um, he said he was here to pay Chris Jericho a compliment. He said um, Jericho took this terrible company, joined it, and somehow it's still standing. When Jericho decided to confront America's top team, that was the end of his career. They've chopped off the head of the AEW snake and made it more difficult for Tony Khan to peddle his snake oil. Then Scorpio Sky mentioned that he was one of the first champions in AEW. He was indeed. He won the Face of the Revolution ladder match, and that still wasn't good enough. But Dan Lambert was paying him attention, and he sees what the fans ignore, that Sky is a main eventer. Uh, Paige has two black belts and has never been pinned or submitted. They are done being overlooked. America's top team and men of the year are our top team. I thought this was a very, very good promo here from Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Dan Lambert is great. We know Dan Lambert can talk. It would have been interesting if they had put uh, Lambert with someone that can't talk because Sky and Page can, like especially Page, but this was Sky's probably his best promo and it was nice that they got some mic time. Uh, there was no Chris Jericho in the show. Obviously, he's selling what happened to him, that running knee from Jorge Masvidal. So we're going to see where this goes, but I'm going to come back to Sky and Page um, and the men of the year like later on um, in my rundown. Uh, Redmond Survivor says, so glad Sky and Ethan got to talk this week and Ethan shut down those watch chants real quick. Yes, he did. Um, Abanab, men of the year finally feel important. Sky needs to do some work on his promos. Thank God Ethan Page shut down those stupid watch chants. I know people just please stop chanting what it's terrible. I hate when people chant what um, Redmond says Sky cut his best promo ever on Elevation this week. Um, damn it, AEW fans, stop with the what chances, McCass. So glad Ethan shut it down. Every right, universal consensus is Ethan Page, excellent job at shutting down those terrible, terrible um, what chants. 
<laughs> oh, thank you to Easy Attack who sent in a super chat. Sup, Stephanie, just saying what's up. Thank you. What's up is we're recapping Dynamite <laughs> and we're having a great time. But thank you so, so, so much um, for that. Really, really appreciate it. The super chats help so much. Thank you so much, Easy Attack. Um, Redmond Survivor. Um, I feel like we don't usually get what chance in AEW, which is what made this so annoying. Yeah, I feel the same as well. Like it, it was just annoying. Then, oh my God, she was missing in action, but she's back. Hikara Shida got a promo on Dynamite. She's trying for her 50th win in AEW. And she is going to face Serena Deeb, who called herself the woman of a thousand holes. And she said that she will submit Shida. They will take face off at next week's Dynamite anniversary. Uh, really, really good to see Serena Deeb back. And amazing to see Hikara Shida back. I feel like Hikara Shida has been just missing since she lost her title to Britt Baker and she was such an amazing champion and I want to see her do even more so I'm looking forward to that match next week I mean I was gonna say it's a pity that there's no storyline behind it but I guess the storyline is just that she is going for a 50th win and Serena's gonna stop her but I would really love like more of a storyline given to these two I don't think Hikaru Shida ever got real storylines even when she was champion so I'd love to see her you know get involved in 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 more like long-running programs with depth to them and then sticking with the women Anna Jay and Ty Conte defeated Penelope before the bunny Anna Jay and Ty Conte got some lovely pink matching ring gear made um i really do think it's like kind of odd that the the next women's title to be introduced is going to be a singles title because i really think they benefit more from a tag team title you have some this is an example of two tag teams that um that aw has but i also think that what would be great about them doing a tag um, title is some of the lesser experienced women you could team up with some more experienced women and i think that would just i like um elevate the story further no sorry elevate uh, they get to elevate like the the younger talent i think that if you take someone who's like very green like a jade cargill and like team heart with someone more experienced i think that would really really help um them get um you know more reps in like better better matches um so, Jane Conte attacked before the bell. They suplexed their opponents on the floor. Conte hit judo throws and tagged in Jay. They had a combination offense, but Ford and the Bonnie sent Ty to the floor. Um, and then they isolated Anna in the ring. Upon her return, Ty got the hot tag and ran wild. She landed a springboard crossbody, hit an assistant suplex for two. Um, Ford used a backbend to avoid a clothesline from Jay and hit a stunner followed by a fireman's carry gutbuster for two Anna rolled out of the way of a moonsault attempt as Conte hit the tag KO on bunny on the floor Jay then hit the dangerous J kick followed by the queen slayer sleeper for the win excellent um to see Anna Jay get the win there with the queen slayer I thought this was pretty good um I thought that um it was nice like I said in my preview that I just didn't want Matt Hardy to be in any way involved in this because of what happened um, on Rampage. And I'm so glad that he wasn't. Um, and I think that they've, this has been a nice like little secondary women's um, storyline, but I hope for more between Ty J because they're very over with the fans and they keep on improving. Uh, thank you so much for Lab to Labor Days for sending in a super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, uh, Ty Conte um, is my favorite woman on AEW and needs a bigger push, says Darren. She's one of my favorites um, as well. She's excellent and she's a great example to use if you ever want to talk about failures of the WWE Performance Center. <laughs> now, we also had a Jade Cargo versus Thunder Rose versus Niall Rose in a no disqualification three-way match was announced for Rampage this Friday. Um, I'm very interested to see what that match is going to be like. Like, very interested um, to see how they work that. Uh, Thunder Rosa is excellent. She's one of the top 
three, I'd say, best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, and be really interesting to see how she works with particularly Jade Car uh, Cargill. Abinav says <clears throat> Jade Cargill should be the first winner of the TBS title. Honestly, I think the title is basically made for Jade Cargill. I think it's a good way of making her uh, rack up wins without her having to face Britt Baker because I don't think she's, you know, she's not ready to win the main title yet. So I think she'd be a good TBS champion. She can be like Miro and just destroy people every week. Next, we had MJF coming out with Wardlow. He wants to make the company successful as long as he's given what he deserved. He brought up AW's four future star pillars. That's Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and the most important, MJF. He said that he'd beaten them all, but he skipped over Darby Allen, because of course he hasn't. Um, without MJF, this company ain't shit. He deserves to be AW world champion. Um, he called out Tony Khan, <clears throat> saying that Tony Khan was um, in his... Uh, like top two favorite cans in wrestling. He said he needs to start listening to MJF's demands. Um, he said that he has a number from his days in MLW that of Bruce Pritchard that he can call, but Darby Allen's music played and he interrupted. Um, MJF called Darby Allen number two guy, said that Sting was also number two guy. Um, <clears throat> Allen was like, you can leave if you want. Nobody will care. Um, how can you be a pillar if I'm the only one who's won a championship? Then MJF started asking the crowd if they knew why Alan straight edge and basically told the story of how Alan, he was um, in a car accident with his uncle as a child and his uncle uh, died. It was a drink driving situation and uh, then mjf said that that night the wrong man died um and then he demanded that alan hit him but alan was like you're not going to get to me like that um and mjf and wardlow left so it looks like we're getting mjf and darby allen that's an interesting one that they haven't gone to yet another like tough promo from um mjf very like Ooh, that bringing up um, the stuff about Darby's uncle that he's been very open about in the past. Um, I thought it was good. It just ended too abruptly. <laughs> CM Punk did say we all have Bruce Pritchard on speed dial. But yes, it just, um, it ended a little... A little too abruptly. Like, I totally get what they were doing, though. MJF's obviously going to try and push Darby to the limit. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to get more, like, extremely edgy, like, eh, promos from MJF in this one. But I think when they eventually have a match, it'll be very, very good. Um, they would need to have, like, given the way MJF is and the stuff he says, they would need to have a, like, total no holes barred match they could not with darby being such a risk taker and mjf's mouth this is going to have to be like a really really violent match uh john says i like the feud especially as i'm not sure who will win this one unlike most mjf feuds um wardlow about to kill sting and that breaks darby i really hope that Wardlow doesn't kill Sting. Redmond Survivor, Wardlow versus Sting. I'd worry about Sting a lot in that match. I really, really would. <laughs> I really, really would. Um, then we had our main event, the TNT title championship, Sammy Guevara versus Miro. Um, the start of this match, Sammy was just trying to get the big man down. Uh, but what I really liked about this match is I think it played on what we have seen Um previously with Miro matches because Miro has been presented as such a monster and he's like a monster in a movie where the heroes have to try and work out like the best way to take him down and his weakness and when Eddie Kingston was the one who was up against Miro he figured out that Miro's weakness was his neck and he kept saying like the neck the neck is the weakness and then you had Fuego de Sol who um find out that he's quite susceptible to tornado DDTs and it's as if the story of this match was that Sammy put these two things together like the two opponents that had come before him taught Sammy a lot 
and weakened Miro. And that's how Sammy was able to, to get the victory. But man, he pulled out all the stops. So as we got to the end, Miro was calling for the game over, but Guevara surprised him with two rising knees. He claimed the climbed the ropes the Miro cut him off they jockeyed for position Miro went to the sent to the mat Guevara landed a diamond uppercut Guevara wanted to the GTH but Miro fought out and used his thrust kick for a near fall Miro was got totally frustrated <clears throat> he started ripping the turnbuckles off much like with his Kingston match then Fuego ran out got in his face the distraction allowed Guevara to hit a rising knee, which sent Miro into the exposed turnbuckle. And then Guevara hit the tornado DDT and the GTH. He then did the 630 sent on to win the match in the championship. We got confetti. We got his friends out to celebrate, not his inner circle friends, his other friends. It was really lovely. I do feel so sorry for you, Miro J. And it's been an amazing title win. And you should be so proud of your boy. But this was uh, a great moment for Sammy. You know, Sammy is the guy. He got that win at the Stadium Stampede. He lost to MJF. He had a great match with Sean Spears. But he's never been given a strong singles program. So I hope this is the start of a really good run for Sammy as one of those four original pillars um, of AEW. John says, I think Miro is going to do well out of this, like what WWE used to do with Intercontinental years ago. Good rain. And after they finally lose, they move up to the main event picture. I think I think too. Um, I really think that, yeah, this is Miro is going to be moving up the cards. So while you might be sad, sad now, Miro J, he's going to be in for some really good matches coming up. I think really good matches. Like, I wonder who he'll face at full gear because I think he's going to get a really good opponent and like think of the like forbidden door stuff you know we just had Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite like what if Miro ends up with a match with like Suzuki or something that would be amazing I I would love that so much but I thought this match was great Sammy is um Sammy I think it's really likable as a baby face, but that's because I'm a vlog viewer. Um, but I think that the people that aren't vlog viewers, like the actual Dynamite viewers, I don't think they've got to know Sammy very much at all. And he's really great and candid things. Like there's a lot of good videos of him and Jericho, but like this has not been shown to the, the fans of AEW Dynamite or Rampage. The most they really know about Sammy is that he's in the inner circle. He likes cute cards and Salma Hayek. And that he's friends with Fuego de Sol. So I really, really, really want to see more of Sammy's character. Because I think he can get over as a baby face, like, with his personality. In the ring, he's a fantastic baby face. Like, the moves he, he, he does are awesome. His athleticism, his risk-taking, and the stories he tells in his matches. He told a great story in his match with with uh, Sean Spears, with MJF as well. And this was, as I said, you know, with the breaking down of Miro, this was a great example of his storytelling. So he's got great instincts as a wrestler. I just want them to give him more TV time, give him more promo time so that he can um, show everyone who he is. And we can all love him as much as Pam loves him. Um, Honest Beyond Reasonable says... First time watching Steph Chase. Saw this post by Powered for Really good new stuff for me. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you, Honest Beyond Reasonable. It's nice to have you here in the stream. And I hope you enjoy uh, subscribing to my channel. If you love AEW, there's a lot of content here. Um, Labor Day says, it's okay for Miro to have lost because he got over without the title he doesn't need anymore. Truthfully, Miro shined up too because Sammy going over such a monster puts a lot of shine on him. Yes. Uh, Wasabi King says, just look at Miro six months ago and all the comments about the bad gimmick. Uh, so many people wrote him off. Indeed. Um, because Sammy Fogg is great. His hate for MJF's action figure is very real. There was a great bit on Sammy's Fogg this week where he had Jorge Masvidal on it and Griff Garrison got him for littering. It was very, very good. But the, then, so Dynamite ends, but during the break of Rose to the Top, we... Um, got more from Sammy Guevara. So during the break, um, he had his uh, an interview and he was all like sweaty and post-match. And 
he said that he checked his phone and Bobby Fish, remember Bobby Fish? Well, he has said that he wanted to um, walk through the forbidden door and challenge Sammy Guevara. So that is happening next week. We're getting Bobby Fish, former Undisputed Era member. Please keep him away from Adam Cole. Adam Cole does not need that um, against Sammy Guevara. I think that should be a pretty good match. And I'd love to see Sammy go back to the days of Cody just welcoming um, randomers, like open challenge style for the TNT title. But then the other interesting thing about Sammy's promo is that we had the men of the year turn up uh, with Dan Lambert. I thought this was really interesting because the inner circle are obviously, they are still together, but they are not doing everything together. And if you want to know more about that, you can listen to my interview with Chris Jericho where I asked him about the status of the inner circle. And I've seen quite a few people report um, his comments this week. But to me, it's interesting that the men of the year talk came and spoke to Sammy here. This has left me wondering. So we have Jericho. Um, he's been taken out by Masvidal. He was teaming up with Hager. So we have these MMA fighters. And then we have the men of the year. I'm wondering if the feud is going to be Jericho and someone... And I think that someone is Mike Tyson against an MMA fighter and then a solo person from AEW. Now, you'd need quite a beast. And I actually think that Miro would be quite good in this role. So if that's going to be like one feud and then the men of the year are going to feud for a while with Sammy and Fuego, but then eventually either Sky or Paige will get a TNT title match. But I just thought it's interesting that... Um, We've had that kind of inner circle separation, but then the guys that took out Jericho are the ones to come and confront Sammy. Um, McCass said, Les Sex Gods, please. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think also like they could do a one off where, um, where Jericho could team with Sammy against the men of the year, but. I'm just really interested and I don't know what's going to happen with the Jericho storyline because of who he got taken out by. I don't know like how they're going to work this into match. You've got all these MMA fighters and then in the back of my head, I'm like, Mike Tyson's an honorary member of the inner circle. So he could be worked into this. And I could see like, I don't know, I could see something happening in full gear that incorporates like MMA fighters into match, uh, all of that. And then Ethan and Scorpio though, you can't like let them fall by the wayside. So Maybe they could be feuding with like Sammy and Fuego or Sammy and maybe someone else, like someone else in the inner circle. Like he could take Hager if Jericho goes to get a better partner. I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. My mind is now in overdrive thinking about what could be happening uh, with my favorite faction. Let's see what any of you have to say. Oh, hello to Rambo. New sub two powered for post office. I have to go back and watch other stuff. Yes, please do. If you love AEW, you should enjoy it. Um, Paladin says, most AEW fans are smart marks and minority are casuals. They know who Sammy is. You can tell by the pop as well. Yeah, they, they certainly know who he is. I just think they should be showing his character more on TV. Labor Day, Sammy versus... Um, Fish is going to slap. Um, Red, Redmond Survivor, MLW, joining the Forbidden Door. Um, uh, Son of Frego is more over than regular Cody Law, says Evan. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carnage Pin says, a new fan out of me, really good to do this stuff solo. Thank you. John Scott said she was decent, loving the booking ideas. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you, indeed. Um, <clears throat> Planet Dan, ASMR. Oh, I feel like it's been too long since I've been able to say your name, Dan. Uh, what about the Jericho versus Masvidal or Sammy versus Masvidal for the TNT title? I don't think Masvidal is going to go for the TNT title. <clears throat> Redman Survivor. I really hope Santana and Ortiz are fighting for the tag titles at full gear and not shoved into an inner circle MMA thing. I think... I think uh, Santana and Ortiz are definitely on the track to getting um, a title match, and it may very well be at full full gear. McCass um, said so many possibilities. That's what makes AW so great. You don't know what's going to happen. Agree. 
John Jeffries, I can see Hager turning on Jericho and joining Men of the Year with his MMA history. That is not going to happen. Hager will be the loyal one for forever. I can't imagine Hager not being in the inner circle. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want Hager to leave. Now, next week, we have, well, this Friday, sorry, on Rampage, Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. No DQ three-way, Jade Cargill, Thunder Rose, and Alan Rose. Her versus her, Orange Cassie versus Jack Evans. And then Dynamite Anniversary Show. Uh, we have the Elite, Kenny, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks versus Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. And a Casino Ladder Match. Now, uh, briefly, for like one minute talk about Roads to the Top, I have seen the debut episode of Roads to the Top. I really enjoyed it. Um, I I used to watch Total Divas, um, and I enjoyed the original, like the first couple of series of Total Divas and Total Bellas as well. What I would say about Roads to the Top, um, definitely worth watching if you're an AW fan because they show a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and I just thought that was cool to see. Obviously, it's like scripted reality show so you know take everything with a grain of salt but it was nice to see like tony um and people backstage um and yeah it was interesting that like jade cargill seems to be a character in it and red velvet there was this whole thing about jade cargill slapping red velvet too hard um and then the kind of tease of like tensions between them and stuff. I wasn't too keen on that being a storyline just because I would rather see the women be supportive of each other. Like Brandy was trying to tell them, you know, the women should all work together. And I totally agree with that. So I just didn't want to see that put in their um, storyline. And I think with Jade, the way she was positioned, like she was at Brandy's baby shower um, and then she did some wine testing for Brandy. Uh, I thought that Jade had a lot more to offer than kind of the spot she was given in the show. Darby Allen, you got to see talking like a normal, happy person. That was very interesting. Uh, Jericho came in at the beginning to give Cody Rhodes one of his books. I like that. Um, uh, yeah, Labor Day said the Jade and Velvet stuff seemed staged for the show. Yeah, it, it absolutely, um, absolutely did seem like way too, way too staged. Uh, what other things? I didn't take any notes on it. Like what else happened? But yeah, there's a lot of like Rhodes family drama stuff. Like. <laughs> Cody's sister was portrayed um, as like some kind of lush bully. <laughs> Basically, there was a thing about her like day drinking where she was like, so what if I have a couple of drinks during the day? I work hard. Um, and then Brandy said that she had sent her this huge message before her first match saying like, you shouldn't have... Um, you shouldn't have um, used my dad's name without asking me. So all that stuff is very odd. Um, Brandy is hiring like a night nurse to help her baby get a sleeping pattern. Good luck with that with a newborn. But yeah, um, it was a, it was a good first episode. I will continue to watch it. I just love the AW backstage stuff. Um, no offense to Cody and Brandy, but if this show was just showing AEW backstage, it'd be so much more interesting. I'm not really interested in like their journey to parenthood or um, Brandy's journey to get back into the ring, which it looks like it's going to follow soon. I'm not really interested in that. I would just love to see a great little documentary about what it's like to work at AEW. That's aspirational TV for me. Uh, aspirational TV for me is absolutely not like having a baby. <laughs> so yeah, it was good though. It, it was good and I recommend. Um, okay. We are we are at the end here. Let me see if there's any comments. Thank you, McCass, for this, saying that I'm awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, indeed. Uh, Labor Day says, TK is such a nice guy. That's cool. Tony seems like a lovely, lovely guy. Um, Steve Monkman says, just sub, great show. Steph, do you think Jack Swagger is worth, happy, is worth having? I just don't see him doing any more than he was doing in, in WWE. Uh, and yeah, I do think that uh, Jake Hager definitely has something to give to the company. I've always enjoyed what he's done in, in AEW. What I like the most about Jake Hager is he has these little glimpses of brilliance. Like He's not the the on it every week he's not the best every day but when he has his moments they're kind of even more impactful because they just come so sporadically I really love his relationship with Jericho there's a lot of like the best 
JK Kicker moment in AW so far is Jared. I think it was the Bubbly Bunch video where he said like earmuffs to his kids. That was just super cute. Um, and I think that I really loved his match in the cage with Wardlow as well. But I think that Jay Kicker is a, a good talent. He's not main event talent. He's not big solo star talent. And I think the best role for him is just being paired up with Jericho, kind of being like Jericho's heavy. I think that works really, really well. Um, and he's a great poet. <laughs> And John says, yes, he does have good comic timing when given the chance. He was, he's very good in, in Sammy's vlogs uh, as well. I like, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you to all the new viewers, new subscribers. It's been lovely to see you. Um, don't forget, if, you if you're watching and you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe. Join me on um, Saturday at 8 p.m. UK time for uh, my Rampage review that will also be live. You can send me in your takes, all of that. Thank you to everyone that sent Super Chats. Don't forget you can become a channel member and then you get little custom emotes to use. Also, AW Weekly is a podcast. Download that from your podcast provider. Check out my interview with Chris Jericho on my channel. And yes, I will catch you on Saturday. Bye everyone.